Welcome to the Live to Shoot Podcast. My name is Jeff Dowdle, and I've been a licensed firearm dealer for the last 14 years. In this podcast, we talk about all things related to the Second Amendment, as well as my might throw in a sports story, or something going on in my personal life, or something else going on in the news, anything that might be interesting to y'all or to me. And so, welcome, welcome, welcome. It is Friday, August 26th. So, if I said, Luke, I am your father, would you know what it meant? Of course you would. Or most people would, if you were alive prior to 1980, right? So any references to that prior to 1980 has would have a totally different meaning than it does to us today. And so if you were reading something that was written in 1975 that said, Luke, I am your father, you wouldn't be thinking about Star Wars. No, they would, it would be, it would be, have a totally different meaning. So why do I say that? Well, I say that because words matter. And in the recent Second Amendment case on the New York Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, that decision after it was done now changes the way Second Amendment law, gun laws have to be reviewed. It used to be that there was a two-part test, whether the regulated conduct was protected by the Second Amendment, and if it was whether, and the second part was, if it was, whether the state's reason for enacting the law outweighed the burden created by the restriction. Now, after Bruin, the constitutionality of the gun laws will be based on whether the plain text of the Second Amendment protects the activities the laws are regulating. So, what is the plain text of the Second Amendment? A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, shall not be infringed. So, I, I am a, a, a Christian. I love studying the Bible. And this is just another example. I love studying the Bible. And I'm not, I, I am by far nowhere near a theologian of any sort. I like to listen. I like to learn. And the thing I have learned from being a baby Christian, which went before I was a Christian, before I started studying the Bible, the Bible was really confusing. It made no sense to me. It still is very confusing. But I have, I have since learned that the Bible, while it was written for me, it wasn't written to me. And I have to, when I'm reading the Bible, I have to understand who the audience was, the time it was written, what was going on in that time frame, because while it is inspired words of, of God, humans wrote those words, and they may have referenced other writings of the time. They may have used a colloquialism of the time that may not make sense to us, like, Luke, I am not your, I am your father. That means something to us, right? But maybe in a hundred years, it won't have the same meaning to people. And the way the words were used at that time had a common use of the time versus what they may have been used for today. The same goes for the Second Amendment. And we have to understand that words matter. The Second Amendment words are going to matter more and more. And we have to understand what did the our founding fathers mean when they wrote a well-regulated militia being necessary for, to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Found an interesting article by, that Stephen Holbrook wrote some time ago. It's, a, it's more of a scholarly, but in that he breaks down some of these things, and there's just some pieces in there that I want to talk about. So one he writes in there about the word bear. What does bear mean when you say bear arms? And he goes and he looks at a hunting law or bill that was drafted by Thomas Jefferson and James Madison 
who were both the draftsmen of the Second Amendment, so they're writing this law regarding hunting, and what it would have done is it would have fined those who hunted out of deer season, and if within a year the hunter shall bear a gun out of his enclosed ground unless whilst performing a military duty, he shall be in violation of his recognizance. So, you can see at the time, in the minds of Thomas Jefferson and James Madison, to bear a gun meant to carry it about in one's hand or one's persons, as for the instance a deer hunter would do. Bearing arms is not associated with military duty in this language. The language just addresses bearing a gun by any person when not performing military duty. So, again, you can see where, where were their heads when they were talking about bearing arms. They were talking just straight out all the time. didn't have to be as part of, of military duty. Another interesting thing was, is they, in a, there was a common book called the uh, Beccaria, and it was laws, it was a source book of, of laws, and, and, and it was one of the places where Jefferson got his ideas on government. And among the passages Jefferson copied word for word was a denunciation of laws which forbid, forbid de portor la armée which may be translated as to bear, carry, or wear arms. That portion of the Beccaria, which Jefferson copied in Italian, was worded in the standard England translation. In One of the things that he wrote uh, talks about um, that no freeman shall be debarred the use of arms. And an avid hunter and gun collector, Jefferson carried pocket pistols, which may be seen today in, in, in Monticello. So bearing arms for personal protection was an unquestioned right in the minds of the founding fathers. Another interesting source then is, has always been of contention, is the word well-regulated. So today we know the term regulated in the terms of regulation, right? And so people are saying that if it, if it says in there that it is a well-regulated militia, meaning a well-controlled in the sense of laws, militia, and that there's controls around it. But in the time that the authors wrote the Second Amendment, there wasn't really anything, any knowledge of regulation. If you look in the Oxford English Dictionary around that time, some of the writings, of, it says, if a liberal education had has formed in us well-regulated appetites and worthy inclinations, 1714, the practice of all well-regulated courts of justice in the world, a remission of, of in 1848, a remiss remissness for which I am sure every well-regulated person will blame the mayor. The phrase well-regulated was in common use long before 1789 and remained for the century afterward, and it it was meaning that something was in proper working order. Something that was well-regulated was calibrated correctly, functioning as expected, and uh, establishing government oversight of the people's arms was not only not, not the intent in the seas of the phrase segment, it was precisely, it was precisely to render the government powerless to do so that the founders wrote it. So well regulated means that it, it is, it's, the militia was prepared. They were ready to go. And that as part of that, to be ready to go meant that the people had to be armed. It's, it's very simple and very clear to that fact. So, the 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 use of these words and these terms when you go back to the time and around them it is very clear that the second amendment was meant for individuals to be armed and to be prepared 
so that they are prepared to fight um, as part of the military if needed, but they are also prepared to defend themselves. So, you know, you look at all these, these this evidence, and when we go back and we start uh, building these cases for the Second Amendment that are going to be coming, the Second Amendment is going to, the, is, the text is going to come under scrutiny, and we have to be prepared to argue and, and defend the use of the Second Amendment based on what the founders meant and what were the common use of the words and phrasing at the time. I just found this interesting. I know it's, it's, it's a little history. I like sometimes just talking about history and where the Second Amendment came from and, and just, just general things of that nature and not always getting caught up and what's the the news of the day. But this applies because based on the new ruling from the Second Amendment, we have to understand what the new ruling from the Supreme Court, we have to understand what the true text said in regards to the Second Amendment. So I thank you for listening. Share this podcast. Listen to it on the Fountain app. Follow me. The link's in the show notes. Appreciate it. And you all have a good weekend.